prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a of your word with your holy magnificent and powerful life changing presence Lord we acknowledge you and we say welcome move in our midst do now what only you can do through the power of your word and the leading of your spirit And if there's one under this tent or under the sound of our voice, be it near or far, that don't know you as Savior, I pray tonight will be their night that they would surrender to Jesus Christ. Give them your heart, give give their heart to you, Lord, we pray and ask it in Jesus' name for a sake. Amen and amen. Matthew chapter 25. You can remain seated and still and quiet in the presence of the Lord for just a moment. As I read our text, Matthew chapter 25, we will read verses 1 through 13. Where the Bible says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps And went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, They all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil. For our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, 
lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him into the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now look at verse 10 with me. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. Tonight my assignment is to preach to you on this thought, preparing for the soon coming king. Preparing for the soon coming king. The Bible said very clearly in verse 10 that it was only those that were ready that were allowed to go with him to the marriage and then the door was shut. Today I'm glad to announce to you that we live in the wonderful day and age of grace where the door is wide open, where God says, Come one, come all to the foot of the cross, and you can be saved from your wretched sin. Can I get an amen? But know assuredly that as God is in heaven, you will not always have that opportunity to, to enter into the kingdom of heaven. One day, even as Noah and his family entered into the ark, and then God shut them in, just as surely as God shut the door on the outside world who rejected the preaching of Noah for 120 years, there is coming a day that the bridegroom will come and He will shut the door to everyone that was not ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. And tonight, we need to know what it means to be prepared for the soon coming King. I know that in our text, the Bible describes the Lord as a bridegroom. And indeed, He is a, He is the bridegroom and we the church are the bride of Christ. One day, sooner or later, uh, you see in the Jewish culture, it's customary for the, 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 uh, the groom to be wait for the instruction of his father before he can go get his bride. Amen. And just as it was in the Jewish culture, Jesus was saying, uh, uh, teaching us that he was the bridegroom and the and and we the church, those of us who have accepted Christ as our Savior, we are the bride. And he said, No man knoweth the day of the coming of Christ save the Father only. That tells us that one day the Father, God the Father is going to look over at God the Son, uh, the bridegroom, and say, Boy, you can now go get your bride called the church. Can I get an amen? And let me tell you something, uh, we're going to be caught up, the Bible says, uh, as fast as, uh, quicker than the twinkling of an
and I, amen, uh, we'll be raptured out of here. And while all of hell is unleashed on this earth for seven years of tribulation, for those who are left behind, uh, we will be spending seven years uh, of honeymoon with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords uh, as the bride and the bridegroom, uh, amen, uh, rejoice in heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And you do not want to put it off and put it off and put it off until the bridegroom catches you off guard or the bridegroom catches you when you're not ready. And I need to tell you tonight what it's going to take to get ready for the soon coming King. If you're in doubt as to whether or not Jesus is coming soon, you need not look any further than what the Bible said in the previous chapter. We could read verses 3 through 4 and I might just do that. Jesus sat on the uh, Mount of Olives. Uh, the disciples came to Him privately saying, Tell us, uh, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of Thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in My name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, and pestilence, and earthquakes in divers or many places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. And then he said, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations. For my name's sake, look what's going on in the world today. Is it not in the worldwide news how that they're literally slaughtering the underground church in Afghanistan as we speak? Amen. And people are being persecuted for the name of Christ like never before. And people are being martyred for the cause of Christ all over the world like never before. And if you don't think the devil wouldn't like to unleash martyrdom here in the United States of America, you've got your eyes closed, honey, and you're asleep. Amen. And you need to realize there's a devil that wants to take America down and wants to strip us of all of our religious freedoms and wants to run us into hiding too. If they could, they'd shut us down. Can I get an amen tonight? Jesus prophesied of this day and He said, Then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. This sounds like we're reading the front, note, uh, front page of the newspaper, does it not? Uh, and the Bible said, because of iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Look at how hateful this culture is today. Look at this hate culture in which we live. Amen. I'm talking about they hate humanity so bad. Amen. That they'll, they insist on women having their right to kill their unborn child. And they call that mercy. But it's nothing but hatred for the seed of man. Can I get an amen? I mean, they hate us so much, exactly right. They hate, 
the, the hatred is so real and so rich and so thick today uh, that you can't even have a political conversation anymore without somebody deciding they're never going to talk to you for the rest of your life. Uh, I mean, look at how Satan is dividing the nations. Uh, if I had time, I could go way down that trail. Uh, but, but let me get back on track. Verse 13, he said, but he uh, that endures to the end the same shall be saved. And I'm telling you, for the saved child of God, He gives you the power to endure to the end. Can I get an amen? And He said this, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Now let me tell you something. Before you think that the gospel must reach every corner of the earth before the rapture takes place, let me quickly correct you. Uh, let me tell you something, honey. Uh, God can rapture His church out anytime He gets ready to, uh, and then He's going to set on fire 144,000 saved Jews uh, that are going to go throughout the earth and preach this gospel to the unsaved and unreached in the tribulation period. So there's no prophecy now that has to be fulfilled before the return of Christ. Do you understand uh, that we're right on the edge of eternity? Do you understand uh, that we're right on the slip? of Jesus coming back again. Do you understand how close we are to the return of the Lord and how important it is for you to be ready? For ready or not, here He comes. Amen. He's not going to wait on you. He's going to come when the Father says, go get Him, boy. Amen. And then He's going to come and it's going to happen so fast you're not going to have time to turn around and say the sinner's prayer and beg for repentance because then it'll be too late. And I'm not trying to scare you at all. I'm simply just doing you the service of warning you uh, that this is truth that you need to take seriously and not laugh it off. Uh, and I'm praying that the good Holy Ghost of God will arrest your soul uh, and steal that cynical spirit in you that causes you to reject it and laugh at it and mock at it. Oh, they mocked, Moses, uh, they mocked Noah too uh, as he was hammering on that ark for 120 years. Uh, they mocked and scoffed and said, Hey Noah, tell me again what rain looks like. Hey, Noah, what's that you're building? Did you call that a boat? Hey, Noah, you do know that it's never rained before, don't you? Hey, preacher, you know they've been saying Jesus would come back for a long, long time now, don't you? Hey, preacher, we've heard that our whole life. Give me a break, preacher. Jesus ain't coming back soon. And that's what Jesus said they'd be saying in the end time. Amen. Jesus said you'd be saying exactly what you're saying. And let me tell you something. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make my bets against the Word of God being wrong because every prophecy that's ever been given has come true right down to the smallest detail. This book's prophecies are 100% accurate. It has no defilement. Amen. It's not corrupt. It's the pure Word of God. And this world has lied to you. And the public school education systems have lied to you and told you that this book is too archaic and it's outdated and it's historical historically inaccurate, but they don't do their cover stories to rescind their lies. Whenever more evidence comes out to prove that the Bible was exactly what it says it was and it went down exactly the way it went down, they'll tell you the lie, but then they won't, uh, they won't apologize when they're proven wrong, and so they leave mass humanity in disbelief to the Word of God. But I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is coming soon, and I'd like to say it this way, I believe that we're in the midnight. Hour. I believe we're just that close to the coming
coming of the Lord. And the Bible said in that midnight a cry was made. Amen. A cry was made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And that's what the Holy Ghost of God sent me to say to you tonight. That it's midnight, church. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And you better be ready for when he comes. He's going to come in the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And you better be ready for the coming of the Lord tonight. I'm looking at this, that word watch, when he said, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour where the Son of Man comes. That literally means to give strict attention to. It means to be cautious. It means to be active. It means to take heed, lest through remission and indulgence some destructive calamity suddenly overtakes one. He's saying if you're not watching, it'll catch you off guard. You gotta watch it like a hawk, amen. And you better have your sin under the blood, and you better be living for God. Can I get an amen, church? I want to give you quickly three reasons why they were not ready, these foolish virgins. Number one, and I think the first two are symptoms of the real problem. I'm going to give you two symptoms, and then I'm going to give you the diagnosis, the problem that caused those symptoms, amen. Number one, their hands were empty. Look at verse three. They went, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. They took their lamps and they took how much oil? No oil. Can I submit to you, they didn't just uh, not take an extra gallon of oil with them. They didn't even put oil in their lamps. They took empty lamps. And this is, this uh, seems to me to remind me of those that have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They're like a lamp without oil. Oh, they look pretty for decor when you set it up on the fireplace. But when the storm starts raging and the power's knocked out, you can't turn on the light because you ain't got no oil in your lamp. Amen. And so many Christians, or professed Christians today claim that they know Jesus, but there's no power of God in their life to deliver them from their lifestyle of sin. And I'd like to ask you a question, by the way, of my father-in-law, Brother Randall Boatner, the way he would ask it if you're saved, why ain't you no better? If you're saved, why ain't you never seen any change in your heart and life? If you're saved, why ain't you never seen the power of God making you a new creature? Because the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You can't get saved and God not change your attitude. You can't get saved and God not change your heart and God not change your life. Somebody as big and powerful as God moves in on the inside of you, He's going to change some things in your life. In fact, it's an insult to God to claim Him as your Father and yet refuse to let Him have any say-so in your life. 
That's a slap in the face of God to claim you're His but do not have any resemblance of Him. Did you realize that if you're a son, there'll be some resemblance in the family? Amen. There'll be some family resemblance. Oh, but some of you trying to say you're a child of God, but you look like a child of the devil. Amen. And you need to realize it's time to get real with God. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Get ready to meet the Lord. He's not playing games and neither should you. Amen. Amen. Their hands were empty. This is symbolic of them having no fruit that shows any evidence of repentance in their life. Acts chapter 26 and verse 19 says, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them at Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. That is, do works that are deserving or are comparable or suitable for repentance. Uh, he said, don't you go ahead and just make a profession and not let it change your life. Amen. Uh, you can go through the religious motions and never get the oil put in your lamp. Uh, that oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Uh, and I'm telling you, if you ever get saved, I'm talking about genuinely born again. Uh, the Spirit of God will move on the inside of you. Uh, and you can't just do the things you used to do without it bothering you. Uh, and without you getting out of conviction. And without the God. Taking you to the woodshed, and the Bible says, uh, if you are without chastisement, this is a King James Bible terminology, that if you are without chastisement, then you are bastards and not sons. That's what the Bible says. And you need to understand tonight, uh, there's a group of people, their hands are empty. They show no evidence at all in their life that they've been changed by the power of God in spite of what they're letting roll off their lips on Sunday morning. And their hands were empty. Uh, that was symptom number one. Symptom number two, their heads were empty. Can I get an amen, church? Verse number eight said that the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone. Well, duh, you didn't have any oil in it to start with. Amen. It's just now dawning on them, Brother Chris, uh, that they don't have no oil. They was so in such a good time and acting like the world would never come to an end, acting like everything was going to always be okay. They acted like they didn't have a care in the world. And all of a sudden they needed oil and they didn't even have enough sense to be prepared for the day that they would need the oil. And that's just like a lot of young people today. You're living life like it is no end to it. You're living life like you have plenty of tomorrows. You're living your life as if God's going to give you more and more opportunity after opportunity. But the Bible says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart. As in the day of provocation, you need to call on Him while He is near, the Bible says. Call on Him while He's calling on you because you may not be promised another opportunity to get all put in your lap. Can I get an amen? This word foolish meant godless. 
It meant dull or stupid. Now, I'm just reading the definition. Don't get offended. It, mean, it means heedless. It means morally a blockhead. I kid you not. <laughs> That's exactly in the definition of the Greek word from which we derive the word foolish. Amen. Morally a blockhead. Absurd. A fool. I mean, this is a person. Uh, uh, let me, the, the book of Proverbs describes this foolish person this way. It says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple or the stupid pass on and are punished. The Bible says, in other words, let me put it right here where we're at tonight. If you sit under this kind of Holy Ghost filled preaching and you walk out right on in your way and reject the voice of God in your life, the Bible says you are foolish. The Bible says you're the one that's foolish. I know they say this kind of preaching is old-fashioned. I know they say this kind of preaching is outdated. And they say this kind of preaching is foolish. Well, I'm glad the Bible said that God chose the foolishness of preaching. Amen. To confound the wise. He didn't say foolish preaching, but He did say the foolishness of it. What that means is it's foolish in your eyes. But what God wants to do is turn the table on you and help you see how foolish you are to ignore the Word of God preached from the man of God that sent into your life to do you the favor of throwing up red flags before you end up in hell. You need to thank God for this kind of preaching instead of making fun of it. Amen. Uh, their heads were empty. They had no sin. Let, let, me, let me break it down for you. Listen, these have no light from God's Word and therefore live in utter darkness, having their understanding being darkened. Amen. They didn't just run out of the oil like I said earlier. They were out the whole time and it just dawned on them because they were foolish. The book of Ephesians says it this way, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, or other lost people walk, other people that don't know Jesus walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. You say, well, preacher, I just don't see it that way. I know you don't. The Bible told me you don't. The Bible said plainly you don't see it. The Bible said plainly you're in the dark. The Bible said plainly you're a fool when you reject the light of the gospel. You ain't telling me nothing I didn't already know. But I remember also the night, that, the day that I was in total darkness. And I was found in trouble with God in my sin. And I was foolish and I was ignorant and I was stubborn. But all of a sudden, the good Holy Ghost of God turned the light on in my soul. And I saw the error of my way. And I saw my need for Jesus. And that day, I begged God to save me as an 11-year-old September the 9th of 1990. And I ain't got over it yet. Can I get an amen? And I'm telling you tonight that He can turn the light on for you. He can turn the light on for you. Glory to God. Uh, these foolish people said, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. That's loose 
and live it living. To work all uncleanness with greediness. Is that not what the culture leads to without Jesus today? Can I get an amen? They ain't no wonder. Now church folk, listen to me and listen to me well. Don't jump on the lost folk for acting like lost folk. They do that because they're lost. You can't clean a fish till the fish is caught. And you can't make a lost person do right till the Holy Ghost gets inside of them and teaches them to do right. And even then, you still can't make them do right. Only God can teach them that. Can I get an amen? And so you might as well just learn how to love the sinner. Amen. You might hate the sin, but you need to love the sinner. And you need to preach to them the Word of God till the light comes on and God liberates them from the darkness that they're in. Amen. I'm glad. Hey, we were all in that boat. Don't be insulted. I was stupid for I got saved too. I was a blockhead for I got saved too. Amen. I, I was insisting on the fact that I was right and everybody else was wrong. But the Bible says pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You go right on and you will be destroyed by the pride that won't allow you to humble yourself and admit that you need God. Amen. I'm talking about they're foolish. They had empty hands. They had empty heads because of the darkness. The Bible said in verse 9 of our text, But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Now let me tell you something. Part of this foolishness that goes on in the minds of the blinded lost is the assumption that because mom and daddy is a Christian, that they're going to be okay. But let me tell you something. You've got to have it for yourself. Amen. Your daddy's salvation won't help you on judgment day. Your mama's faithfulness to church won't help you on judgment day. I had a, I had a professing believer one time tell me that he kind of got his Christianity by osmosis. And I thought that was the most foolish thing I ever heard in my life. And found out studying this text, in fact, it was foolish. It was blockheaded. Amen. I mean, you mean to tell me you think that even though the Bible so says so, then every one of us will give account of himself to God, that you think God's going to just ignore your sin because your daddy sins under the blood, or your mama sins under the blood, or you've been raised in church? Listen, a park, a sleeping in a garage will will not make you a car and going to church will not make you a Christian. Amen. You need to get all for yourself. You need to have a walk with God for yourself. You need to get your account settled between you and God yourself. And you need not to worry about everybody else. Oh, I'd get saved, preacher, with all them hypocrites at that church. I just can't stand church and I can't stand them hypocrites. And I just can't wait until I can get out on my own so I can go do my own thing. i got news for you, honey. You might get out and you might try to do your own thing, but the Bible says you are your father the devil and the lust of your father you will do. You won't even do your own thing when you get out from under your parents. You'll do the bidding of your father the devil until you change fathers, repent of your sin, and get it under the blood and join the family of God. You think you're free, but you're in bondage to your own sin. Amen. 
Oh, I'm just about to say some stuff I'll regret. <laughs> Woo! Amen. Help me, Jesus. Oh, can I preach tonight? Amen. They were empty-handed. They were empty-headed. But now those are the symptoms. But let me tell you why. Their hands and their head were empty. Look at verses 10 through 12 again. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. It's amazing how much praying you're going to do when it's too late. You don't want to pray right now. There'll come a day. Uh, as a matter of fact, I say hell's praying more than our churches are praying today because they're begging God for another chance. They're begging God for another opportunity. And hell will make a prayer out of you. But unfortunately, in hell, you won't be heard. Afterward came also the other virgin saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily or truly I say unto you, watch this. I know you not. You know what the Bible said in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 13? It says, Hereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us because He hath given us of His Spirit. Amen. That means that if you were His, the all would be in you. If you were saved, the Spirit of God would be living within you. And the reason their hands were empty of, uh, of fruit, and the reason their minds were empty of wisdom and knowledge of God, was because their hearts were empty of the Spirit of God. And if you ever get changed on the inside, it'll show up on the outside. Amen. I'm telling you, uh, you can't start from the outside and go in. Uh, do not make the mistake, dear sinner friend, of saying, I'll be okay. Uh, I'll get my habit kicked. Uh, I'll get my sin whooped. Uh, first of all, you're wrong about that. Uh, but secondly, even if you could whoop your habit, what are you going to do about what's already on your record? Can I get an amen? Amen. You might quit from now for the rest of your life smoking or drinking or cheating or whatever you're doing. But you've still got a sin account behind you until the blood of Jesus washes you clean. There's nothing you can do to erase that sin debt but get it under the blood. Because even your good deeds, even your righteousness is as filthy rags in the eyes of God. And excuse me for being crude, but you need to know that word filthy rags is like used menstrual cloths. It's nasty. It's putrid. It's disgusting. And I'm telling you, God says the best that you have to offer me is filth in my eyes. Don't you dare wait on uh, seeing whether or not your good outweighs your bad before you try to get to heaven. Amen. Amen. What you need is a blood transfusion. You need your bad blood exchanged for His good blood. Because even if you went to the cross and paid the kind of price for your sin that Jesus paid for your sin, the Father would have looked at your sacrifice and said it's not good enough because it's not a spotless, pure lamb with spotless, pure blood. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And to 
today I'm redeemed and I'm saved and I'm born again and I'm just as good for heaven as if I was already there because I don't have my blood representing my righteousness. I have Jesus' blood representing my righteousness and you can too. Amen. Their hearts were empty. This was the sole problem for all of the other symptoms in their life. And the reason you can't quit sinning, and the reason you can't kick the habit, and the reason, hey, are you listening? I'm not saying uh, that God will save you to a state of sinless perfection on this side of heaven, but I am saying there'll be a difference, and that a big one. Can I get an amen? Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Amen. And you need Jesus to wash your sins away and move into your heart. And that's the only remedy which will wash away your sin debt before a holy God. Romans 8, 19 says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Pretty plain. Pretty simple. Know this. Your heart is empty. Your head is empty. And your hands are empty. You have nothing good to offer Almighty God to represent your case before the judge of the universe. You are empty. You are bankrupt. You are broke. You are headed for hell. The Bible says uh, that uh, he that believeth not is condemned already. It's not that you're going to be judged. It's that you are already judged. And the only, the only thing standing between you and an eternity in hell is your last breath. That's it. You're already guilty before God. Well, I haven't been that bad, preacher. Have you ever told a little lie? Then you're guilty as much as the murderer. Because God's standard of righteousness is perfection. Did you hear that? God didn't say as long as you get close. God don't believe in that. Uh, amen. Uh, uh, what do we say? Uh, close enough. Amen. God don't have a close enough religion. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. Uh, that, that, means, that means you can't go no other way than through Jesus himself. Jesus, I'm talking about that precious darling Son of God. That one that you're trying to hide from. That one that you're trying to run from. That one that you're trying to ignore and dodge. You know you need Him. You might even, uh, you might even secretly admit that you want Him. But you still love your sin too much. And you still love your popularity too much. And you're still too afraid of what your friends might think of you. If you get sold out to Jesus and start acting like that preacher up there. Amen. Let me tell you something. Hell in eternity is not worth your pride or anything, any kind of impression you're trying to make on anybody in this earth. Amen. Go ahead and give God some glory. You have a hand problem and a head problem because you have a heart problem. But the psalmist David said, my heart is fixed, oh God. <laughs> my heart is fixed on thee. 
Uh, there was two kinds of fixes there. There was the kind of fix that repaired his heart. And there was the kind of fix that made him fixated on Jesus. Can, did you catch that? And when God fixes your heart and repairs your heart, you'll be fixed on Jesus. Amen. You'll be fixed for life. Can I get an amen? And listen, don't come try to fix me or correct me. I'm fixed already. Amen. I'm just exactly what God wanted me to be. That's righteous in the eyes of God. So you let God worry about me and you do business with God yourself. Amen. Let me try to finish this up. Uh, we read the, the text that midnight there was a cry made, uh, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, uh, go ye out to meet him. But let me say this, but don't go out to meet him with empty hands, an empty head, and an empty heart. Amen. Let me ask you this, are you washed in the blood? We sang it earlier. Are you washed in the blood? I'm not asking if you're a member of Washington Heights Baptist Church. And I'm not asking if you've ever been baptized. If you've been baptized, God bless your heart. Amen. You can be baptized so many times the tadpoles memorize your social security number. Amen. But if your name's not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're still not going to heaven. Don't you let any preacher tell you that you're saved. You let the book tell you whether you're saved or not. Amen. I can only encourage you to call on God, but only the book can give you assurance of salvation. Amen. Are you, if you're saved, I ask the, the lost, are, are you washing the blood? I want to ask the saved, are you awake yet? Did you notice in our text that it was both the foolish and the wise that slumbered and slept? Uh, but the Bible indicated that at midnight there was a cry that awakened them all. And I believe right now there's a cry in this midnight hour where God is waking people up. And that's why we're here tonight. And that's why you're here tonight. And that's why you're watching by way of internet tonight. Is because God is sounding the alarm. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Your redemption draweth nigh. It's time that the church will wake out of slumber. It's the time for the sleeping giant called the church to quit being at ease in Zion and get about their father's business. We have no time to waste. And God forbid that we be found before God with no works and fruit under righteousness. Amen. To the lost, I want to say this. Here's how you get it settled. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. I mean, you're just about ready to confess Jesus right now. And in thy heart. <laughs> Woo! I'm glad the word deposits the faith you need, aren't you? That is the word of faith which we preach. You see, you gotta get, have faith to believe in Jesus. And you gotta have the word to have faith. And so God gifts you with the gift of preaching like this so that the word of God will put faith in your heart so you can call on him in faith and be saved. Ain't you glad that he's chasing you down? Ain't you glad that he's after you tonight? He said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. You see that? It's not the actions of the hand. It's not the intellectual capability. It's with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Somebody say amen. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. That's why you can believe on him with confidence. And even while the devil's laughing at you for believing and telling you it ain't going to work and telling you that he's going to get the last laugh, you can just quote this verse right here where it says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. That's why preachers need to get back in the pulpit with boldness and confidence in the Word of God and declare what God's promised to His people when they believe and don't worry about what the devil whispers in their ear. Well, what if it don't happen? What if this? What if that? Listen, uh, the Bible says, Whosoever believeth in Him shall not be ashamed. Amen. I'm going to just stand on His Word. What about you? For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. That means anybody and everybody that calls on Him with a repentant heart and faith in Jesus can have their sins washed away, never to be remembered against them again. Can I get an amen? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My family's going to make their way up to the platform and get ready to sing and lead us in just as I am. And I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a few moments. I want to say one more time. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Will you come tonight and give your heart and life to Jesus Christ? If God spoke to your heart, I want you to give your life to Him. Amen. I want you to respond to the voice of the Spirit of God. Right now, don't wait. He's got your attention. Don't let this moment slip you by. Because He's calling your name.